2: to set you free. How you doing? Happy Tuesday. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. Only true democracy and talk. Thank you for listening to us on radio, on podcast, on stream. Thank you for watching us on iTunes. iTunes. You don't watch us there. You listen to us there. Hello. I need more caffeine on Twitter's Periscope, Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live, YouTube Live. And we are live and joining us today live is Roy Hausman. Mr. Hausman is legislative director for the United Steelworkers. Now, he's been part of the union's legislative and policy department since 2011, working on a broader range uh, of issues, including trades and pensions. And before that, before he was in D.C. in our nation's capital, he worked at the former Smurfit Stone Paper Mill in Missoula, Montana, and he served as president of USW Local 885 there. Now, after a trade-related mill closure in 2010. He completed a master's of public administration, assistance benefits, excuse me, degree from the University of Montana, and he used trade adjustment assistance benefits. So his efforts on aiding steelworkers qualify for the trade adjustment benefits and qualified for over 10,000 union members. Did you hear that number? Over 10,000 union members across our country for work training and because of those trade impacts. Now, he was last on the show in January. He gave a great interview. Hopefully, it'll be great today. I know it will from him. Me, if I stop tripping over my tongue, maybe I need less caffeine today. We're excited to have him back. Mr. Hosman is back in the house. Thank you, Mr. Hosman, <laughs> for joining us and welcome back and, and taking the time today. We, we love having you. Thank you.
0: No, it's great. It's wonderful to be back and and an opportunity to talk to you and and, uh, and your listeners.
2: Oh, no, abs- absolutely. And our viewers, right? And yeah, our, and, oh, and our viewers, it's yeah. true. <laughs> uh, be, be sure, by the way, to check out when we're taking a break, uh, even though you'll see us, you can take a little break and go to usw.org. That is the website for the USW. Also follow them on Twitter at Steelworkers and follow Mr. Hausman at Roy Hausman, R-O-Y-H-O-U-S-C-M-A-N. Mm-hmm. Um. There is so much to be excited about in D.C. when it relates to infrastructure, because infrastructure is one of those areas that's a win-win, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, because it's a job creator. Uh, but in administrations, whether Democrat or Republican uh, in the White House, majority in the House of the Senate, infrastructure has been an issue where the can has been kicked down the road far too many times. And and right now, under Joe Biden, there are a lot of people that are more optimistic uh, that this can be done. Uh, and that Democrats and Republicans maybe aren't as far apart as one would think, and that we can have uh, finally uh, infrastructure which will definitely impact very favorably uh, the American worker. So, when President Biden unveiled his American jobs plan, what he did, in my understanding, is that he took an expansive view of infrastructure. And, and in looking at that, he could help address some of the most pressing problems. Uh, facing the country? First of all, would you agree with that? And second of all, can you help us to understand some of those most pressing problems that face our nation with regard to infrastructure?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, So, I mean, this is a crazy, this is one of the neat things about uh, the American Jobs Plan is it's like this it's a recognition that the U.S. has not been spending enough on its infrastructure over the lo- long term. So I used to be a city council member in Missoula, Montana, and I remember the uh, public works person coming in and talking about the trees. They hadn't been trimmed or maintenanced in the city because the city didn't put money into trimming and maintaining those trees. So they ended up having to cut down a bunch of them. They called it deferred maintenance. And that's really what we're happen- what's happening right now is we have this amazing uh, Eisenhower- uh, you know, interstate highway system, you know, we have one of the most productive freight rail systems in the, in the world. And the, But at the same time, we haven't been investing in the long term. It's kind of like we've been deferring, sitting on our laurels, so to speak, um, and allowing us, you know, and, and not focusing on how to rebuild our bridges, upgrade our ports, airports, and transportation systems, and delivering clean water and uh, improving our electrical grid. And it's starting to show, So just the same as, you know, when you have a car and you've had it for, you know, 10, 15 years, it starts to get, you know, the mileage starts to show. You're taking it into, you to take it in the shop a little more. Well, sometimes you just got to, you got to do a complete overhaul. And that's what Biden's plan is really about. I mean, modernizing 20,000 miles of highway roads and main streets. And you know, improving the worst of the 10,000 smaller bridges and critical linkages to communities across the country. I mean these are, this is bread and butter. This is about getting to work on time, to ensuring that we create the jobs and honestly, develop jobs for our manufacturers, which you know, obviously USW who is the largest manufacturing union wants to do. So yeah, I mean, it, we're really excited about his proposals about creating these jobs and focused on union jobs. So,
2: yeah, absolutely. In, in addition, I mean, I think a lot of people, when they think of infrastructure, they do think of some of the things you talked about, right? They think about, oh, we've got to you know, fix or replace uh, roads that are crumbling, uh, bridges that are falling apart, uh, waterways and other transportation networks. But this plan also includes things that some people don't always consider to be infrastructure. And I wanted you to speak to that. State of the art schools, reliable yeah. communication systems, which is Internet upgraded electrical grids, which I think we are seeing again in Texas and we saw once before, expanded access to clean, reliable drinking water we saw with Flint, Uh, robust health care, public health, uh, and and, and much more. Are those, from where you stand, um, part of infrastructure? Because there are those out there that, you know, feel that perhaps they're casting the net too wide or, you know, making that umbrella of infrastructure, you know, too big, To me, these do seem like things that are infrastructure. And just thinking about roads, bridges and waterways is kind of thinking about infrastructure in the Eisenhower era. And we're not there now. I mean, we certainly have progressed as a nation, as the world has. Um, I, I consider these things essential to daily life.
0: Absolutely. I mean, when you think about, I mean, right now we're having this, uh, you know, as you have your Periscope and your YouTube and the live video feed that's going on right now, imagine if you're trying to like conduct business in a, in a rural part of America where the difference of your, you know, ability to sell your grain across the, across the globe could mean, uh, a faster internet speed. And that's one of those basic broadband things that needs to happen. It's like this idea that our infrastructure is really woven together. It's like a full thread of like various concepts. And if you don't, you know, you can have a good base, like that's that Eisenhower base of infrastructure. But then once you start to build up and build out and start thinking about what, where have we advanced since the Eisenhower era? Oh, I don't know, we have a, a internet. You have literally have your, uh, almost every American has a phone that's, they, they can carry wherever. And that infrastructure needs, you know, constant improvement and upgrading. And, and, that, and that's also, like, the same with, like, our healthcare infrastructure and school infrastructure. Um, uh, you know, when you look at our, you know, schools, and I just hate the idea that we just, um, when a school gets too full, instead of having a nice brick-and-mortar school, they bring in these temporary housing units. yeah and And those don't last very long. And we should be able to be upgrading our infrastructure for the long term. And that's really what this Biden plan is really about. You know,
2: you had touched upon and uh, the proposal from the president uh, doesn't he's very explicit in prioritizing not just creating good jobs, but creating union jobs. Now, there are people who are watching or listening that are saying, um, OK, OK. This guy is, you know, one of the one of the head honchos of the USW. Of course, he's going to like that. You know, he's he's in and working for a union. But why is prioritizing good union jobs beneficial to all of us, to we the taxpayer?
0: Yeah, that's a, it's such a good question, and it is one of these situations where you have it's a lot like. And an 18% differential in pay between union and non-union workers. So just your take-home pay is better. And for when we're prioritizing union work as well, it's not just that. It's the ability to control quality and ensure that you have a good quality product. I think that that's something that union work and union labor is often, um, they go through the training and standards and work through to make sure the project um, comes out right the first time. And you combine that with, um, you know, also basic things like healthcare. Healthcare coverage is like union members have like ninety six percent healthcare coverage by their employer, based uh, versus like it's in the low eighties for um, uh, for non union workers. And that's something that you know, that's making sure that our employers are responsible. For um, the the benefits and the and uh, packages, so that we don't have to rely on government assistance on a lot of these things. And I think that best- pays
2: for the government. Ass- right, and who pays for yeah. the government assistance? We, the <laughs> taxpayers. So basically, you're saying you're offsetting that cost. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue um, to talk more um, about uh, not only the American Jobs Plan. We're going to also talk about Invest in the uh, Invest in America Act. Uh, So much going on coming out of this White House. We'll also talk about the reality of getting this done and on a bipartisan level. I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll be back with Roy Hausman, Legislative Director for the United Steelworkers. Please follow him on Twitter at Roy Hausman, R-Y-H-O-U-S-E-N-A-N, just like you would spell it. And uh, follow the Steelworkers at Steelworkers. And please, during the break, check out their website, USW.org. You can see all the great things they're doing because much like infrastructure extends to other things you didn't know about, So, by the way, do unions and so does the U.S.W. I'm Leslie Marshall back with you, back with our guests right after this. Don't go away.
1: Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets.
2: We are back. Happy Tuesday. I'm Leslie Marshall. Hope you're enjoying uh, the sunshine in most parts of the country. Uh, Our guest is Roy Hausman, legislative director for the United Steelworkers. And like I said, part of the union's legislative and policy department since 2011. um, I told you about his efforts on steelworkers uh, qualifying for the trade adjustment benefits. Over 10,000 union members across the nation have qualified for work training because of the trade impacts. to have him with us check out the website for usw USW usw.org and on twitter follow them at steelworkers and follow roy at roy houseman roy thanks for holding welcome back well let's move from american jobs plan to the invest in america act this is a bill uh, which is a 547 billion dollar package and it represents a significant increase over the last transportation bill that Congress passed back in 2015, in um, 2015, those didn't address as many areas that we just talked about and touched upon. They did address roads, bridges, safety, public transit, and more. Um, it, it would seem to me that, you know, a lot of us will, you know, you get that, what, tune up for your body once a year with the doctor's appointment. Maybe you get the tune up for the car once a year or, you know, more than once a year. You go to the dentist once a year. Um, twenty fifteen is the last time uh, that you know uh, we did this. Um, why the lag or is that typical because the bills do cover usually a, a certain uh, period of time? Yeah, so they
0: normally do cover about a five year period of time, but unfortunately, much that, like Congress, you know uh, much like many things in Congress, they tend to kick the can a few extra years. And last year, uh, they couldn't come to an agreement on an infrastructure package, so they kicked it um, for a one year period of time. So um, the Invest in America Act uh, is a um, the House uh, Democratic leadership's uh, bill um, led by uh, Chairman DeFazio in the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, um, who's a big champion uh, in, in out of Oregon, a longtime member of uh, in the House of Representatives, who who really understands working people and works hard to you know move forward in a committee that really, I mean, can move America um, and. I think that this uh, broad proposal is, uh, is something that is really the bread and butter of infrastructure. You know, a lot like we talked about just in the earlier segment, it's quite a bit of that um, Eisenhower era sort of infrastructure improvements uh, related to roads, bridges, uh, those sorts of infrastructure packages. And, uh, you know, he went through, they went through, that committee went through a marathon markup. Uh, they uh, 229 amendments submitted. Um, by Republicans and Democrats, primarily Republicans, and some of those were policy debates unrelated to transportation, but in some ways to kind of poke at uh, Democrats. So, um, you know, trying to uh, get at um, issues related to child labor um, in electric vehicles, but really done in a way that doesn't have, uh, didn't actually address the issue and would have banned uh, basically all electric vehicles. So there was these partisan amendments. But at the end of the day, um, the, the committee moved forward with two Republicans voting in favor of the bill. Um, Representative Fitzpatrick out of Pennsylvania and uh, uh, Representative Gonzalez Colon out of Puerto Rico um, supported the, the, the bill, two Republicans out of it. But it is a massive bill. Um, it's going to really um, kind of kickstart the conversations on infrastructure. And is one of those bills that has to get done because the Highway um, Trust Fund expires at the end of the year, or in September, I should say. And um, when that expires, um, the gas tax is what what pays for a lot of this effort. And uh, it would technically expire the gas uh, gas tax. So this bill is um, basically that continued reauthorization. And uh, spending levels related to it.
2: When you speak of spending levels, I mean Republicans constantly want to slash the amount of money Democrats are putting up. But when you look at this, like you said, if it's something something's supposed to be, you know, uh, updated every five years, and it hasn't been, you know, since, uh, you know, twenty, what did I say, twenty fifteen? Yeah, twenty fifteen. Yeah. Right. It hasn't been since twenty fifteen. Then you need more money. Um. And, and I know the president wants a bipartisan solution on that. Uh, Republican counters to this and everything else Democrats are putting out, uh, especially this, have so far been, uh, would you say it's fair to say it's inadequate, the amount of money Republicans are countering with uh, for such legislation to address the scope of what our nation needs, especially after such a period of time?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, you're looking at a situation where, you know, the U.S. has been spending less of its gross domestic product, its overall consumption of in the economy we're the world's largest economy and we're spending less than 2.2.5 percent of our gross domestic product the overall spending on infrastructure um while china has been spending eight times that and you know they're and part of it is them getting up to speed and kind of bringing themselves to a 21st century economy still but the other part of it is is they're advancing so fast i mean you can take high speed rail now um in the equivalent to go from uh they have enough they've laid in china they've laid enough high speed rail to go to las vegas and back six times from washington dc wow um, it's wow yeah you said and, it
2: i said wow and then i thought about it again when you said it wow
0: <laughs> and so when you think about this like high and they've made high speed rail competitive for more, more or less the distance from washington dc to arkansas and when you realize that that's like competitive with airfare um, and when you realize that it's a big deal, it means that they're allowing their their citizens and others to move forward and move business in a way that we need to, to step up and do the same. And that's why um, when this house panel advances $547 billion, it's like, this is like the core investment. This has to be done one way or the other. You know, the, we hope to see the Biden package, the American jobs plan um, layered on top of it and move along. But um, this this package in the House is something that just has to be done.
2: When you talk about China. I just had dinner with a couple of friends, one of which is a Chinese American. (laughs) And she said that after the whole uh, Trump administration with, you know, Kung flu and that the Chinese are pretty anti-American right now. And so they're probably going to stop buying as much American. And they're very patriotic right now. And they really want their nation to be number one in manufacturing and production. Uh, so we as Americans really need to, you know support making things here. And support buying things uh, made here. We forget. I mean, our dollar, our choices, consumers is huge in uh, not only uh, you know reinvesting in our nation, stimulus wise, financially, reinvesting in our own people, the working class, the majority of our nation, uh, and and you know, and that is union workers and non union workers, but especially union workers. You're going to get a better product, you know, because you know it's got you got more boxes to you know check off. Um, um, there's a bipartisan group of 10 senators who announced last week that they've reached a tentative deal. Um, What are you guys saying in the back room at the USW? Do you think this can be done on a bipartisan level quickly before the break?
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, I think it can be done. It's going to take some adjustments. That group of 10, I mean, I respect it. um, And I think that they've moved forward with some really key pieces. But you have to understand as well, that group of 10 is five Democrats and five Republicans. And until you get 10 Republicans... We are going to continue down this path uh, of um, of of negotiation, um, and uh, you know, thankfully, in the back pocket, we do have, do have this uh, ability to do reconciliation. But reconciliation is in infrastructure is is somewhat of a blunt tool um, if you don't get some of these policy upgrades to upgrade towards infrastructure. So we're
2: going to take a break when we come back. We're going to talk more about this and how this is a step forward. Um, but, let, you know, we need to talk about money, right? You know, I mean, this is what, you know, it boils uh, down to. Uh, we need to talk about what that money gets us, you know? What, you know, what do I get, right? Uh, I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll be back with our guest and you right after this. Our guest is the USW's legislative director, uh, Roy Hausman. Back with him, back with you right after this. Don't go away.
1: If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com.
2: Back, I mean, we, me, Leslie Marshall, and Legislative Director for the United Steelworkers, Roy Hausman. Good to have him with us. Follow him on Twitter at Roy Hausman. Follow the Steelworkers at Steelworkers and check out their website, usw.org. We were talking before the break about the Invest in America Act. It is a $547 billion. Uh, Dollar package uh, representing a significant increase over the last transportation bill. But that last bill passed Congress in 2015, and we should have new ones every five years. That's what our guest is saying. Uh, Thank you uh, for holding a welcome back. Um, you, You know, some people say, look, this is a step forward, we have a long way to go, but there's something about when you look at these deals, when you assess these deals, that's important to consider. And I want you to maybe to talk about and touch upon this. Um, it's not just the um, amount of of overall spending, but the amount of new spending. So that people understand, because I think most people don't understand when it comes, you know, to they just see a price tag and they don't understand the breakdown of this price tag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean,
0: this is this is a hard part. Is like you know, you think about. What your monthly utility costs are, right? And you know, in, you know, your you have your gas bill, your electric bill, and whatnot. And how do we improve those? You know, how do you you know, some year, some months you use a little bit more, some months use a little bit less, depending on the weather. Um, well, with infrastructure is somewhat like this as well in some ways, right? Like some years you've got to really build in and invest and do these deep um, improvements. And I think as we were talking about a little bit earlier, like if we aren't making these, when we don't make these improvements or improve our ports, improve our infrastructure to get people moving around um, and goods moving around, other countries are catching up and and doing the same. And so you have this opportunity here to where we got to take the the day to day spending that the Congress already is doing and recognize that, we haven't been investing as much as we used to. Um, And if we can upgrade that investment a little bit, and that's where like some of the numbers are really interesting is that even right now between the house and the Senate, um, the Senate uh, highway bill, you know, just on the surface parts of the bill, like your roads and bridges, they've only got about 343 billion in the Senate package while there's this 547 billion in the house package. And that's, that's a pretty, you know, I mean, you're looking at almost a $200 billion difference and that yeah. 200 billion really does. I mean, it's a difference of being able to repair 10,000 bridges and upgrade more highway and, and do some of the infrastructure pieces like charging stations, like preparing for the future. Like we already are seeing these, uh, you know, these, uh, in, the increases of uh, electric vehicles and the infrastructure related to it. Now, the question is, is, if the government starts putting money into building this charging infrastructure, we can actually control where that infrastructure comes from. Versus, as of right now, a lot of this infrastructure, if it's all privately done, it can be sourced from anywhere. Wherever. And China. It, that's yeah, exactly. That's a uh, prime. Uh, Component And so when we do talk about these differences in spending, it's about like making those near investments now for long term gains. Right. And that's, you know, uh, we have to kind of start thinking like that again uh, in this country and and not think about next week, but think about um, what our kids infrastructure is going to look like. And that's really what a lot of these bills are about.
2: Um, Yeah, I I want to say you you had talked about how the Republicans offered a little more than $300 billion. uh, And uh, there's another thing I think a lot of people are familiar with, you know, Congress people repurposing money, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You take it from column A in the budget, you put it to column B. And I know Republicans want to pay for parts of their plan by repurposing money already approved for coronavirus relief. Uh, What's the Democrats take on that? Um, Are they okay with that? I mean, because are Democrats, I guess, more, I am a Democrat, but are Democrats Mm -hmm. more about, you know, the number or are they also concerned about where that money comes from? Because money already approved for coronavirus relief. to me, I'm not sure that I'd want to touch that too much because we really just don't know what's going to happen in this next year or two with all these variants we're hearing about. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're not 100 percent vaccinated. We haven't reached herd immunity. Um, you know, so anyway, where do Democrats stand on that? Are they like, show me the money. I don't care where it comes from. Or are they kind of like, we want the dollar amount and we and we want it to be new money. And the reason I say that is the $579 billion, as you know, yeah. in that deal, that would include $579 billion in new spending.
0: So, no, that's a really, you know, it's funny. I just retweeted during the break, uh, uh, Invest in America, which is a a, a group that talks about um, infrastructure in America. And voters basically want to pay for infrastructure investments by using, by taxing corporations rather than repurposing unspent funds um, by like 56% uh, to 32%. And that's it, you know, that's a key component right there of this idea that like, we can afford this, and we shouldn't um, start stripping money away from coronavirus. Which, I mean, for, let's let, can we just take a moment here and just recognize that 600,000 people, uh, Americans, have passed away from the coronavirus. This is, pandemic is on the on the tail end, but we should maintain every ability to to push forward with the with those funds and make sure that we're eradicating. I mean, the fact of the matter is only what, 178 million Americans are vaccinated right now. And we need to do every effort to educate and get people out there and get vaccinated and get those shots in arms. And I think that, you know, this is where You know, if a little bit of money doesn't get spent right away in the next few months, that money will still be there Uh, and they can use they'll be able to use it for other infrastructure pieces or for in the future. Because you have to remember, you know, when we talk about these bills being every five years, there's always an opportunity in Congress to kind of advance the ball a little bit more. And, And, you know, so those are that's just another kind of way of progressing at this. And, you know, it is unfortunate because some of this money that's being saved or not used is really a lot of um, Republican governors cutting people off of unemployment insurance.
2: Very and, true. Very good point. Oh, know, very, very true.
0: Yeah, really unfair to a lot of people um, who no fault of their own, you know, um, and quite frankly, a pandemic. So I think that it's a situation that, you know, will. There is no, there doesn't need to be a rush. We literally, you know, approved this funding uh, in March of this year. And uh, we'll have some time to reassess and make sure that we can reappropriate those funds in a time that's, that's needed. We can afford to do both. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs>
2: I'm with you there. I'm, I'm a multitask maven. I get you. Um, and I would hope that our people, our elected officials that tax dollars pay for could and would do the same. And I know they can. And Republicans yeah. can do that too. Yeah. Um, speaking of Republicans, you know when you, when you look at legislation immigration huge they want to break it up into pieces right infrastructure huge and some like republicans especially want to do that as well uh, can you talk about how republicans want to parse apart the investments in social and physical infrastructures and and why that may not be a good idea and why there's so much pushback from democrats n- not to have that that parse not to have that that splitting and that partition
0: yeah i mean if you look at the current environment, and until uh, ten Republicans in the Senate decide to start voting, uh, or I should say, all fifty Republicans start voting their conscience as opposed to their party line, um, you maybe will. We could have smaller bills, but in until members actually really vote on the issue itself and not on partisan lines, I, it's going to require larger packages. I mean, if you look back in the last few years, it's those giant bills. They're the only ones that are really moving. Like your, and. You know, it, that is kind of way the D.C. politics have worked. It doesn't have to be that way, but it means that members need to actually vote um, towards their goals of improving their lives of their constituents. And I think that that's a key piece here, is that you have a Democratic caucus, and quite frankly, as you've seen, some Democrats have held back on some broader reforms um, because they think that that's in the best interest of their states. Um, and Republicans, uh, you know, sure aren't shy about... Uh, uh, holding to their party line and, and holding to the the leadership's line. And I think that we need to work better uh, to move past that. And that's where I like Senator Schumer's China bill, for example, is an example where they they were able to break through that barrier, but it took a lot of work. And quite frankly, yeah. there's some provisions that um, need to be fixed in the House. But um, you know, ultimately, we got to keep moving on infrastructure and make sure it's a reality. And I think the idea here is you you know, our infrastructure is too important to go small. And, uh, and I think that's one of the big reasons why we want to kind of move forward.
2: You know, something I don't understand when I look at the whole package, to me, I agree, it has to be a whole package. You can't separate social and physical infrastructures because uh, in, in, in any in any piece of legislation, but especially infrastructure, there's kind of two goals, right? Uh, not just catching us up and fixing things and rebuilding things and making sure we're prepared, whether it's the Internet and electrical grid or roads and bridges, but aren't we wanting to get the economy back on track? And that's where the you know financial side comes into play. Uh, can you touch upon that quickly before we go to break? Don't yeah. you need both together to get the economy back on track?
0: You know, when people say supply chain, it isn't just a buzzword, it's like a chain, really. It's about this linkage of, um, of what you do and, you know, the linkage between a person laying pavement and being able to ensure that their kids um, have a good school to go to and that they have someone to take care of their kids on off hours. So that's, you know, that's that's a supply chain. That's the linkage. It's really okay. that social and uh, physical infrastructure.
2: That's actually a great answer because, you know, when people think and it's very simple for people to understand as well, right? They go hand in hand. Yeah. Simple, simple economics 101. We'll be back right after <laughs> this. Don't go away.
1: Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets.
2: music in the house mark american i'm leslie marshall roy Hausman's our guest legislative director for the united steelworkers uh, and like i said you know before he was in dc he worked at the former smurfit stone paper mill in missoula montana he was president of usw local 885 and he has a master's of public administration from the university of montana and he used his trade adjustment uh, assistance uh, benefits and by the way his efforts for the steel workers well over 20, over 10,000 union members have qualified for the same program uh, that he used, uh, using the trade adjustment benefits, and that's awesome. Uh, check out the website usw.org. That's for the United Steelworkers. Follow them, the Steelworkers at Steelworkers, and follow Roy at Roy Hausman, R-O-Y H-O-U-S-E-M-A-N. Roy, thanks for holding. A welcome sure. back. Um, you know. We were talking about social and physical infrastructure. Republicans wanted to break it down, talking about needing it together and and needing Mm -hmm. both to uh, help stimulate that economy and to get the economy back uh, on track. Um, Does it give those of you in unions a sigh of relief with a pro-union president in uh, the White House and a Democratic majority uh, in the House, and you have the tiebreaker with a you know Vice President who is a Democrat, obviously, yep. uh, with the 50-50 split in the Senate. Um, especially when you look at things like with the American Rescue Plan, uh, you know, Democrats passed it through reconciliation to sidestep that uh, obstructionism by Republicans. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, with regard to this as well, you had mentioned earlier, it's imperative that they. Uh, keep moving. So, can an infrastructure bill truly become a reality uh, because a reconciliation, you know, is, is something that Democrats can use uh, with their their current majority, and and do they need to use it, you know, with infrastructure um, quicker to keep moving and to get things, you know, in place because we have, in a sense, lost over a year uh, financially and in other ways with this COVID pandemic.
0: You know. It- this is one of these situations where there's the, uh, you know, the stick and carrot approach, right? And right, right now Biden's really working hard. And I do feel like that there's a, a, a good faith effort by all stakeholders in Congress to action. And, you know, and there's going to be party sides on all of this, but there is the people doing the negotiation, like the transportation and infrastructure chairman, uh, Peter DeFazio in the, in the house. And, and uh you know uh, Senator Carper in the Senate in the EP who heads the uh, environment and Public Works committee um, you know they're working with the Republican colleagues um, to try and build as much of a good faith effort as possible and you know uh, and try and bring on as many Republicans as possible on their infrastructure and Biden's doing the same by like the negotiations with uh, Shelly Capito, and then now like pivoting and working with that group of ten uh, that we talked about a little bit earlier um, you know, at the end of the day, um, they've got, they're doing, that's the carrots, right? They're bringing them in, they're having a conversations, they're going to see if they can find that compromise. But if they can't, um, they do have in their back pocket a reconciliation bill and they will move forward with it. And I think that, um, they also have to prove to some of the democratic senators, quite frankly, that they've made every good faith effort to bring Republicans as close as they can to a deal. And, um, you know, uh, the Democratic Caucus is just is uh, is a pretty broad array of people, and they want to make sure that we aren't just bypassing Republicans for no reason. And um, you know, that is what it is. And in the meantime, we do have this in our back pocket where we can move a second reconciliation package. It only needs 51 votes, and we have to ask ourselves, like, our infrastructure has been needing repairs for a long time. Um, we've been kind of uh keeping the the wheels on but we the tires are threadbare (laughs) and we have to just get in there and if they need to they will use that package but it's a lot better if you can actually change the policies too it's not just the money you have to make sure that the policy fits with the times Um, And that's like improving EV infrastructure and ensuring like the social infrastructure pieces and rebuilding schools kind of comes along too. And it's a little harder to do um, with a reconciliation package is all.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, You know, I sometimes feel that politicians forget what and who this is about. And it really is about the voters, the American people. Um, Are you surprised that there isn't more and quicker agreement uh, with Republicans and Democrats? I say that because whether you're a House member and going back to your district or you're Mm -hmm. a senator and you're going back to your state, if you say, look, I'm going to create I I help to create more jobs doing this. (laughs) That's a win. I mean, infrastructure is a win politically across the board for both Democrats and Republicans. And I always am perplexed at how much foot dragging there is. Um, I understand there were corporations that write checks, you know, uh, through the lobbyists, uh, you know, to the campaigns um, of these legislators. Um, you know, but but at the end of the day, it's going to hurt somebody more politically if that bridge breaks and some of your constituents' family members are on it when it goes down. Um, yeah. So do, do you think that the most important piece of the investment within infrastructure, the American people, is— sometimes and even right now with these negotiations being forgotten by our politicians?
0: You know, I, it is. this is the inherent problem right now is that when you have kind of like this national, uh, a national elections where it's like, uh, you know, only national issues come up, it, it does kind of diminish the ability to hold mem- legislators accountable for, you know, the bridges and roads in your own district. And, you know, this is why we need to do these sorts of things like rebuilding supply chains and rebuilding that kind of like interconnectivity so that you feel that you're connected to your own, your community and your neighbors. And, you know, it, it's been hard in this pandemic era and then quite frankly in this current hyper-partisan era here in D.C. where it just, you know, Sometimes it's hard, as we look, we're an organization that represents workers, and sometimes it's hard to even get meetings with some of these Republicans um, because they've chosen, and their staff and others have chosen to kind of uh, ignore constituencies because they don't think it's uh, politically expedient. And we have to kind of break those down again, and quite frankly, talk about it in more publicly. That it isn't right for Republicans not to meet with uh, with labor leaders, and it isn't right for corporations to hold um, the entire country accountable to um, a slight increase over their taxes. I mean, and this is what's so scary. I mean, the Biden plan and infrastructure plan was to bring up uh, the corporate tax rate to some historic, you know, historical norm levels. And when you look at that, I mean, that's, you know, he's trying to bring back the revenue to a level that was from, like, the 60s and 70s where you had actual, like, uh, corporations paid their fair share, right, yeah. related to the American public. And so, like, this, we have to kind of break that barrier back down again. And, they, you know, we really, I mean, we took people to the moon, you know? <laughs> we can do these well, things Well,
2: also, yes. it, it, to you- <laughs> We just have been through a pandemic where, you know, the CEOs didn't lose their money, their house. The CEOs didn't have to move because maybe their mortgage was too high in the state that they're in, or maybe they couldn't pay for private school anymore, as, you know, some people opt to. And it doesn't have to be some fancy schmancy. Some people would just prefer their kids go to Catholic school, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to uh, public school. Um, You know, the CEO always has the luxury of: Am I going to have one parent stay home? You know, yeah. Um, and uh, or the CEO has the 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 luxury of hiring a tutor to help kids that had such a hard time, you know, in school. I mean, the list goes on. Exactly. um, So you know, to or yeah, even
0: simple things like broadband. I mean, look yes. at all these kids that
2: oh my god get,
0: get the schooling they need while they while can we I tell remote. you something?
2: When I heard. The USW, and when I heard Joe Biden and the Democrats, President Biden, talking about broadband being a part of infrastructure, after this past year, I was like, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, We, I can't even tell you, talk about bad luck, our internet went down, and then and then there were fires on top of it. Oh, and and it was so bad that it got to the point the teachers thought my kids were lying because the trunk just from the street to my house okay. had been singed based on a fire oh, miles wow. away because of where that trunk originated. But yeah. not to the, my neighbors around me. Oh wow! So you start to think like, wait, wait, wait. Do you have internet, Mike? Wait, what do you do. My kids were going over to neighbors, and it was insane. And the teachers that they're making up because the schools down the street, and they're like, we don't have that problem, and we're at yeah. the same distance from that fire you are. And it's like, no, oh, you don't understand. You know, so when I, when I, saw, you know, broadband, you know, as a, a part of it, really, there's two things here that cannot be disputed that are needed and that are good and also good politically, which is what the what this does, what this bill does is it makes our community safer and it creates jobs. Duh, make communities mm-hmm. safer, create jobs. Who could who could not like that? Who could and who would and why vote against that? Going to give oh, yeah. you the last less than a minute here to wrap up.
0: Yeah, I mean, following with that, you you know, our members actually make the fiber optic cable um, at, in at corning facility in North Carolina. And it is one of those situations where we have this opportunity, like those guys, in North Carolina they get paid a good wage and they make million you know thousands of miles of fiber optic cable in a given year and we have an opportunity to keep them in work and and expand their and expand those plant jobs with the right bill you know and 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 quite frankly then make sure that people all across the country have the same sort of like the new deal era of like everyone having internet just the same as we tried to electrify America uh, in the previous eras like the new deal era so it let I mean, it's all about getting the job done, and we're close. And we just got to keep pressure on Congress, just the good old-fashioned way of calling your legislator and doing the things that you feel is most important to make it happen. So awesome,
2: Roy! Always a pleasure to have you on. I'm glad you joined it's us today. Great Once to again, be folks, you. folks Roy Hausman from the USW. Check out their website, usw.org. Follow them on Twitter at Steelworkers, and follow Roy at Roy Hausman R O Y H O U S E. M-A-N. looking forward to having you back buddy have a great rest of the week and you uh, hope you enjoy the uh, summer weather
0: oh hope to you too
1: bye <laughs> if you're intrigued by the mysteries of the unknown you can investigate thousands on discovery plus with exclusive originals and a scary big collection of favorites discovery plus is the streaming home of paranormal classics like ghost adventures and ghost brothers plus new originals like amityville horror house Uncover hidden secrets and explore otherworldly realms for just $4.99. Discovery Plus is the streaming home of Paranormal, plus so much more. Start your free trial. Competition never waits. Take your gear on the go with a custom pack built to protect it. Because any place can be an arena. Game on. The Tumi Esports Capsule. Available on Tumi.com and select Tumi Stores.